This one leaves a sour taste in your mouth, Tim, to wear the Jazz head to the break. Winning seven straight, winning in L.A. would have been awfully nice, and instead they really collapsed down the stretch. And I agree with you, David. It was really kind of a stagnancy on offense. You know, I thought they had actually moved the ball tonight really in a superior fashion most of the game. Um, but I thought that it did get a little bit stagnant. There were more, you know, uh, and, and you got to credit the Lakers. Their length is is a real thing. Um, but really, the the Jazz just, that was kind of self-inflicted wounds. And, and you know, you just, it reinforces the, uh, the point you've got to play every game, all game. It gets so confusing, too. And, Ron, I throw it to you. I, I don't understand how... You know, in the first half, you have that possession. And David, you called it perfectly. It was it was a beautiful possession. Rudy Gobert with an incredible block, slams it down like a volleyball player, gets a quick transition. It moves around the horn. They finally find Rudy for a slam dunk. It touched about everybody everybody's hands on the court. So, Ron, what happens? Why does the team get away from it when it's flowing like that and things look so good? What happens where that collapses? I think the Jazz are a better I – mean, I'm sorry, the Lakers are a better transition team. Uh, Jazz got sloppy there for about five minutes, it seemed like. And, and passing up shots, you get LeBron James, and he gets hot. All of a sudden, you can't stop him from scoring, and the Jazz cannot put the ball in the basket there as well. So sloppy play, I think, for about three or four or five minutes there in that fourth quarter really did the Jazz. And they outscored the Jazz 35-22 to 22 in that fourth quarter. And, and that, you know, should not happen after, you know, being up by as many as 13 at that time. The interesting one that did happen tonight is Rudy didn't seem quite right. Ron called it early in the ballgame, just the second game back. But they they switched LeBron with the basketball onto Rudy and made, LeBron, made Rudy guard LeBron at 25 feet. And Rudy actually has gotten better at that, but not tonight. LeBron, LeBron won. Now, hey, LeBron, but he won that battle with jump shots all night. I tell you what I like, guys, and, and, uh, and McCone, as long as you've been in coaching, you get in situations like this, you need cutters. You need guys cutting, even if they don't have if they don't have the ball, if they're not going to get the basketball. You don't let a defense just stand there and and to the point where they're they're not doing it, where they're zoning zoning an area. And I think the Jazz get in trouble sometimes by not having cutters or not having any action on the weak side. If you understand what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. And yeah. I think you know it's the spacing when it's working great. There's nothing better, but yeah, you, you can see in a, in a game like this where it does get a little bit stagnant to maybe cut the top guy, you know, um, opposite. But but you know, hey, look, it's I, I think this game totally agree with you 100, percent Ron. I was telling Hans as we were watching, there was about a six minute segment where the Jazz just kind of let go of the rope, which is weird because in that stretch where they go up by 12 and I think we could all close our eyes and picture that Donovan Mitchell bounce pass again, David, you called it perfectly. It was beautiful. And I I know you talked about it for a bit. I, I don't know if that was to end the first half or to start the third quarter, but that quick transition, they were pressing and pressing and the transition looked really good. And the Jazz offense pushed and it looked good. And, and that stalled out as well in that six minute span that you're talking about, Tim. Yeah, it, they they it totally did, and and then the other piece of it that David mentioned, LeBron was just, uh, and I that's the other comment I made to you. I said, I think the Jazz are going to be okay right here if they can, <laughs> if LeBron just doesn't do do something crazy. Uh-huh. And it was just like bam, bam, bam. Well, all of a sudden he gets fifteen points. 
couple of three-point shots there, and he gets rolling. And he gets and, juiced up, you know, and yeah. Bojan gets up in his space and challenges him, and he doesn't like that and drives it and get, you know, it's – it's a real thing when a guy like that takes over. You know, I know this is the Jazz postgame show, but I, I'm I'm curious what's going to happen with this Lakers team. Now they lose Anthony Davis. I, I've got to imagine this is going to be an extended period of time. That looked like a terrible ankle injury. Um, I'm curious with this Lakers team, did did LeBron pick it up for, for Anthony? Was he, was he playing? You know, what, what is their mindset, Ron? Well, LeBron picked it up for him, that's for sure. You can always count on that. I mean, last seven ball games. He's been averaging over 28 points a ball game, 10 rebounds, eight assists. So he's been on fire offensively. I think defensively, they've just been struggling not being able to, you know, to win basketball games. Um, you know, ball game against the Golden State Warriors. But then Westbrook, eight points after three, ends it up with 17 points. He gets a chance to get get going there as well. And and all of a sudden, the Jazz are struggling. I mean, it just it's 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 amazing. But uh, maybe not because you got a great player in LeBron James and knows how to take over a ball game. Here's the thing about the Lakers with Anthony Davis injury. I know this sounds crazy, but if he can get back with like five games left in the regular season, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. They're not making they're not making the top six. They're five. They're six games back. It's just almost impossible with the amount of games left for them to make the top six. So when you when they can't make the t- so you know ideally, hey, here's their perfect world. They make nine. They get a home game against ten. They win. They play the Clippers for the next game where they're supposedly on the road. They're at home. They make the playoffs, and they go play the Phoenix Suns. I, I love that. <laughs> I think it makes it. Th- In fact, they just use those two games as playoff training camp. Right, and then they've suddenly then they're ready to go. And you know, so they're not making the top six. There's no chance of that. It's I mean, it's almost mathematically impossible. And Anthony Davis is going to be out at least two or three weeks, you know, minimum with that, maybe more. So if Anthony Davis can come back for the playoffs. And they can get them for the final four or five games of the regular season and get that, and then we'll see. We'll see what they are. I mean, that's it's been the question all year. Do they have another gear? We saw another gear there in the fourth quarter from them. I think the Jazz allowed it to happen though as well. Well, it gets tough now. Well, we got one home game left against the Dallas Mavericks after this road trip, and then on the road, Phoenix, Houston, New New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Dallas. So. Get out, get out on the road. Well, th- these losses hurt us, too, because our chances of getting out of four are now are getting slim. Yeah, Memphis right. lost tonight. You're trying to take advantage of the time. Time's running out. I mean, so you end up, you know, I, I think the chances are, if I have us correctly, we head to the break. We are four games behind four, three. We're, we're not catching Memphis. Hmm. Like, we're going to be the four seed playing either Dallas or Denver in the first round of the playoffs and then have to go to Phoenix. From February the 25th to March 31st, we have seven home games. Yes. Seven, but, we're eight, good, but we've nine, been great 10, on the 11, road. 12, Ooh. and 12 games on the road. We have yeah. been good on the road. Yeah. 15 and 12 on the road this year. Yeah. Well, David Booner, great call tonight. Appreciate it. Nice uh, to see you, Hans. Yeah, it's always good to see you. Hey, Hans. Yeah. I'm glad you got to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> you, he always gets you, man. <laughs> Every single time. Hey, have a, have a safe drive home, guys. Uh, fantastic call, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this again soon. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. David Locke, Ron Boone, the best in the business. Seriously, the best in the business. Absolutely love those guys. Love the call. They do a fantastic job. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back to your Utah Jazz postgame show here on the Utah Jazz Radio Network.
Welcome back. Utah Jazz postgame show. The Jazz lose a close one to the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers beat them 106-101. Hans Olsen, Coach Lacombe, hanging out with you, giving you some of your postgame thoughts. And, uh, Coach, first things first. Why, when Royce O'Neal gets that ball in the corner, and Jazz have to make a push. They, they know it. They're on tilt. LeBron James is taking over the game. Royce O'Neal's got an open look, takes that extra dribble. Instead of taking the shot, tries to get the pass. It's intercepted, foul, puts the Lakers at the line, game over. Why not pull the trigger there? What, what is the thought process? What, and, and is this a concern? And how would Quinn handle this? No, I think, you know, first of all, you know, late in a game, you know, the, the clock does crazy things to you. And, you know, there are certain guys that, you know, Donovan, he wants to step up every opportunity and be that fourth quarter closer. Um, you know, Royce is a guy who he's, he's great, you know, in between, um, you know, starting a game and doing his role. But that shot right there, you know, you've got to you've got to really be committed to take it. And in his mind, he was thinking, I'm going to, you know, draw the defense and, and give Mike an op- opportunity. But I agree with you. I think Royce has got to shoot that. You know, he. certainly Jazz didn't lose the game on that. But, you know, right there, down three, clock running, and you get a – that's what you're playing for is an open look. At that point, Royce is standing there with the ball in his hand on the perimeter, takes that extra dribble, and at that very point, he's two and four from three on the night. And the two he's made, I think, were in the second half. I mean, they were – and they were really yeah, nice shots. A, and, a deep one. And, and a deep one. And it, it, in fact, when they were getting to that 12-point lead, Royce was a part of that with a couple of the threes that he made. So he's sitting there with the ball in his hands. It's it's He's two and four from three, and he decides to pocket that thing and push it back to the outside. And, and I know the clock does crazy things to you, but no, you does just, that concern you as a coach? Uh, like do you do you pull him aside and you're like, hey Royce, you got to understand, man. Like this, I, I, I think what you, you just, hey, I want you to shoot the ball, you know, just make it very clear. Um, but it, it's like you know, I think with Royce, it's, it's sometimes it's a confidence thing, you know, and it, it was a tough one because they worked hard and, and Reeves, to his credit, did a good job closing out, but Royce got him lifted and and had you know a shot. And, and you just have to take it. I got to tell you, too, there is something about watching it and actually being in it. And maybe he felt something. Maybe he felt some type of presence. You you never I mean, know. The one thing I thought as I watched the replay was Reeves was – he was out of the play. He was out of bounds. But he was right in the periphery. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that's distracting, right? So who knows? But, you know, in a perfect world, clock running down, open shot, take it. Yeah, I, I can remember actually driving home from a game and listening to somebody talk about what I did. Like and that's not even close to what They I mean. were so far off with it, and I'm like, what? What are they even talking about? So sometimes we as analysts, we sit here, we watch things. We don't have the full feel of it, but I will tell you, the, the just the visuals on this say, Royce should take that shot and not even hesitate ever. That's what he's there for, and – a lot of what happens because you've got Bogdanovich on the outside or you've got Conley on the outside who's a fantastic three-point shooter th- this year or Donovan Mitchell on the outside, Royce O'Neal's going to find himself an open look here and there. When the game's on the line, take the shot and and don't hesitate with it. Outside of that, um, you, you know, you talked about this. It, it's so funny. I wish people could sit here in the room with this while me and Coach Lacombe are watching this. Coach Lacombe turns to me and goes, 
Yeah, the things should be okay as long as LeBron doesn't go complete freak show. And in in that very moment, you remember he drove the lane and had that kind oh, that of contortions, yeah. like weird reverse. We put a little English like, on it. Yeah. Like literally as you were finishing up the statement, and then from there on out, it was LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. And he took this game over. But there's something different about LeBron taking a game over now. As as compared to maybe a little bit earlier in his career, I look at him take over a game now, and I think, well, he could do that one night, but he can't do that ten like he used to. You know, this is a. It feels like it's a one night thing. LeBron can't make a run with the Lakers without Anthony Davis on the court. When, when I'm saying make a run, I'm saying deep into the postseason. He can't carry him like he did some of those empty Cleveland rosters, can he? Man, I, I don't. I don't want to be the one guy who says he can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> because I just watched so him do. You know, could he do that in a seven-game series? Like, let's say this was the game one of a seven-game series for the against the Utah Jazz. Could he do that again tomorrow? Well, I, again, I, I don't want to doubt that he couldn't. I, I think that he. I think he's certainly capable of it. You know, I, I thought one interesting is watching the TV broadcast, and they had a close-up on him late, and he was in some sort of you know trance. Uh, had his eyes closed, was deep breathing. I mean, I'm telling you, the guy gets himself to really perform. And, you know, this game, as that game went on, I mean, that's why the Jazz having that five, six-minute stretch with, uh, you know, where, where they just did not execute great. Um, and, and, you know, it just gave the Lakers a little bit of life. And, again, all you need to give him is a little bit of a ray of hope. And he came in and just kind of sealed the deal. So you and I talked about this in the pregame show about how some of the jazz season has been filled with, you know, kind of an empty emotion and it just doesn't feel like every game was on the line and every game meant the world to everybody. It did feel different in this game. It felt like the jazz wanted this. It felt like the energy was there and it felt like they pushed. Didn't you feel like the jazz showed up saying, basically saying, I, I get it. All-star breaks coming up. But didn't you feel like the Jazz came into this arena ready to go? Yeah, t- absolutely. They, they were ready to play. It's got off to a bad start, but after that, they, they were great. Well, let's throw it down to Quinn Snyder. Here's his postgame comments. Uh, there's a, you know, there's a number of things. You know, I thought um, we didn't take care of the ball at a point when, you know, we were in control of the game. And that happened a lot of different ways. Um you know, just getting careless at times. And then, you know, there were things that from a defensive standpoint that it's tough to defend against turnovers in transition, um, particularly against them. Um, Get LeBron going full speed at the basket. There's not much you can do, but our offense hurt our defense. And then I thought defensively, you know, as far as some of the things that we needed to do in the game plan, um, we didn't execute as well, and we gave him life. You know, I think we had a 13-point lead and a couple chances to stretch it. Uh, and then, you know, when the game did get close, I thought that we could have done more together, you know, in execution situations, whether it was against them switching, uh, you know, when they blitzed, but as much as anything, I, you know, there, there, there were a lot of things that, you know, we didn't catch the ball when we had a chance to put the ball in the basket and some plays that are just are deflating 
And then, as I said, tough to defend against. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they, you know, if we go back and look at it, you know, they scored in transition off our mistakes. And then, you know, you've got, you know, to call him the greatest player of all time. You know, someone might dispute that, but I'm, I'm calling him that. And when he gets a chance to, to get going um, at the rim and then, um, you know, we had breakdowns in pick and roll where Rudy should not have been switched out on him. Um, you know, that, that was an execution breakdown. We've seen that small and big pick and roll. Um, so, but again, a lot of things that contribute, contribute to it and can watch the tape and you'll see across the board, different things we did, whether it was not executing on offense, it was turning it over. It was not, you know, getting back and flooding the paint. As I said, you know, when it, these guys can, they, they can score in transition and that's what they do. Um, and then the game tightens up and we go to LeBron and he makes plays. But we had plenty of chances to make plays too. We just didn't. Um, but we put ourselves in that position. Can't be, it can't be that easy to give up a 13-point lead. We've got to make teams work to come back and grind. And it was just too easy. It's not, it's not effort. It's, 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 I mean, it may result in effort. It's just a mental focus. It's treating every possession as important. You know, that's what you do. You know, we started out the game um, down, we came back, we played well. Um, and we had chances to get and ones and came away, you know, with one point, um, they got and ones made two free throws. I mean, just, and those things won't beat you if you're, um, if you're more precise offensively and you don't give up easy baskets and, you know, th that combination of those two things is difficult to defend against one begets the other. So there, there is a point when, you know, we, we've had opportunities to push a lead and break a game. And that's, you know, the point where we've got to recognize and feel the game and know, you know, that play those possessions um, with more, you know, more focus and uh, more recognition of, that point in the game and how pivotal it is. David James on Zoom. Quinn, can you assess your team at the All-Star break? What you think you're doing well, where you got to improve in these final 24 games? Well, you know, prior to this game, I think we uh, we felt like you know we're getting better. Um, I still believe that's the case. I think there was things we'll look back in tonight's game and be able to pinpoint. Um, you know, this is it's an unfortunate way to go into the All Star break because it's a game I think we um, we felt good about felt good about the way we were playing 
and then and then we didn't and we lost the game so um I, I, again it to the extent that you can learn from it um that's always there but you know we've got to learn quickly um and start developing you know the ability to push the lead as opposed to you know essentially give it back which is i thought you know we shot ourselves in the foot not that they didn't do some good things but we made it too easy. There you go, Quinn Snyder, post game. Coming off this Utah Jazz loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, 106 to 101. Hans Olsen, Coach Lacombe, here for your post game show. At this point, we'll say goodbye and good night to our network stations. We will take a quick break. We will come back. You'll hear from more players, and you'll also get Coach Lacombe's thoughts on this jazz game. That's all coming up in your Utah Jazz postgame show on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Catch and shoot three. Pow! The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz postgame show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Let's go! Utah Jazz postgame show brought to you by Mark Miller's Subaru. The Utah Jazz lose to the Los Angeles Lakers 106-101. Get ready, kids. Get that caffeine in you because me and Coach Lacombe are not leaving this studio until 3 a.m. I love it, man. The later it gets, the more energy I get. Coach Lacombe and I each have glow sticks in our hands We've got the disco ball going. We've got a little bit of retro in our ears. Coach, you got to be feeling really good right now. Other than the fact that Jazz lost, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I hate talking about a loss, you know? I uh, know you do. hate to break down a loss. A win is a lot easier, and it's way more constructive for the team. You heard Coach Snyder. I mean, the Jazz have played great basketball. Yeah. But you're always judged on your last night, and you could, tell, you could hear in his voice he was, he was frustrated, you know, sure. because he felt like, you know, it, it, as good as LeBron played down the stretch, the Jazz had this thing all right there to win it, and he felt the same way we read it. They they had some self-inflicted wounds. They got a little bit casual, and, and it cost them. Jazz had no business losing this game, but, of course, they had the best. The Lakers had the best player in the game on the court, you know, and LeBron James in any given moment can do what he, what he does. I think the tough thing is, as you mentioned, it'd be nice if the Jazz had a game coming up tomorrow night or or the following night to get this nasty taste out of their mouth but they got to sit on this thing through all-star break and you got lebron james who's sitting there like yeah we showed that fourth four seed team we, they know what's up and westbrook's thinking the same thing westbrook had a terrible three and a half quarters and then westbrook did a couple things there to back into the fourth quarter to keep the lakers in this and now he's thinking yeah those guys you know how westbrook feels about the jazz but um, yeah, that's a tough loss. I want you to walk us through some of the performances from tonight, just uh, some of the numbers from these jazz players. Yeah, so, you know, looking at the box score and we look at it night in, night out, um, you know, a lot of things that we see often, but I think this is a number I haven't seen probably ever. And it is Rudy Gobert in his plus minus uh, tonight. In his 28 minutes, he was a minus 27. Uh, which is so rare, right? Got to be the lowest of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I I would imagine so. Uh, but he, you know, I think Locke said it. Rudy just didn't seem like, uh, you know, he was he had that bounce tonight or whatever it was. But he and Conley, Conley's another guy. I mean, they're kind of tethered. They play the same minutes. Um, but the minutes that they played together, and Conley was a minus 25 in those 28 minutes. So, I mean, hey, look. That's you know that's that's a kind of an anomaly that jumps off at, at, at the page at me. Um, you know, Rudy only taking three shots tonight. Uh, got to the line uh, for two free throws, but only took three shots. Again, that's that's part of this defense strategy of, of teams that they switch and they put Rudy in awkward positions against small guys, and they just kind of try to out physical him. Well, well, you saw. You know, it's funny we keep coming back to this possession, but you saw everybody got to see that. When the blender really got going on the outside, yeah, yeah. and where did that end up? It ended up at Rudy, but they tried to get it down to Rudy two times as that thing was moving around the outside. And as you mentioned, Lakers kept switching. The defense was right there on Rudy, and then finally, with all the ball movement, there was a little bit of movement, and you found Rudy at the rim. But it took a lot to get that defense to loosen up a little bit to get Rudy at the rim. And to put into context, kind of what Coach said. I mean, using that example of that play, you know, Hans, and because I do think it was the quintessential play of the jazz, of jazz basketball, yeah, right? That's jazz at their best. Yep. So it starts on defense. They race it up. Everybody touches it, but yep. it's popping. The ball's popping. Quick, making quick decisions. Conley ends up driving it the second time down the, the angle of the lane, and somebody, you know, one of their big steps up. I think it's Howard. He's able to throw the lob over the top, and, and Rudy dunks it. So. What's particularly frustrating is in that five to six minute stretch where offense became a little casual mm-hmm. and they didn't fight for space as much and they ended up back on their heels and taking tough shots. And that's what the Lakers want or turning it over. You know, and, and like Quinn said, you start turning it over against that team, they're going to lay it up. Well, I think that even inside of that switch defense and what the Lakers were doing, there's got to be more possessions, uh, more attempts for Rudy Gobert at the rim. Uh, his percentages and uh, all the work he does defensively, you would think there'd be more attempts. So this tells me one of a couple things. Maybe his teammates felt his presence, knew that the calf was bugging him, knew that he he wasn't moving as well in this game, and and maybe he didn't want that. But we also saw one of the first in a long time, an offensive possession to Rudy where it came off his hands, off his knee, and out of bounds. And we haven't seen that a lot this year, have we, Coach? No, no. And that's one of the turnovers down the stretch we're talking about. You know, another little bit self-inflicted. And, yeah, but he's been really good at catching uh, balls around his area. So it, it just seemed like Rudy was a little bit off tonight, which, you know, is understandable. He was out for a long time. Um, and you know he's getting he's getting his himself back only his second game back from a, a very long stretch. You know, on the flip side of that, with Rudy Gobert and his minus twenty seven, you talked about Hassan Whiteside and his level of play as they've gone through this six game winning streak. Of course, now upset tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. But you talked about Hassan Whiteside's game and how far it's come along. Talk about his box score, what you saw from him, because on the plus minus side of things, he was kind of the opposite of Rudy. Yeah, he was a plus 20 while he was out there, um, you know, and I think that he, he's done a good job at coming off and really kind of making an impact on that second unit, uh, really protecting the rim, and I felt like he did that again tonight. Had a block, but definitely affected some shots. Had eight rebounds in 20 minutes, um, the seven points, you know, over that period of time. I think the one head scratcher, and it's what Hassan's got to kind of figure out, Quinn's alluded to it because it, 
it was a weird play in the Phoenix game that was kind of out of kilter, and he just kind of got a technical foul um, in, in a very pivotal moment. And tonight, the Jazz are they're up seven, I believe, um, and the Lakers come out. We come out of a, a timeout. We're watching it here on television, so we don't see what transpires, but apparently Hassan Whiteside got a, a technical during that quarter break. So just things like that that kind of make you, you know, there's just certain things that he's got to shore up. And Quinn said it's, you know, things he's got to shore up emotionally, you know, and make better decisions in the moment. I, I don't, I, hopefully this isn't a completely ignorant question, but I want to throw it at you because I've enjoyed watching Mike Conley be become more of a, a catch-and-shoot three guy and, and become very, very good at catch-and-shoot threes. He takes three shots from the outside tonight. He goes 0 of 3, and I don't know how much of those three were a catch-and-shoot, but why why were they not setting him up and pushing it out to Mike to try to get him into con- some catch-and-shoot looks? It's it's harder to get catch-and-shoots against a team that switch. You know, and the Lakers switch, and they do a good job of switching uh, and taking up a ton of area. So typically, We saw that multiple times tonight. That's where right. They, they really pushed out to the perimeter, pushed people off the mark. You know, and the way the Jazz typically get um, drawn kicks is off penetration. They beat their guy. Somebody has to step over and throw it out. But, you know, where the Lakers switch things and they're able to really kind of zone things off, I think that's what David was alluding to when he said their length really bothered the Jazz tonight. Utah Jazz lose to the Los Angeles Lakers 106-101. to This is your Jazz postgame show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. You'll hear more players' interviews and more insight from Coach Lacombe. That's all coming up on your Jazz postgame show on the radio, the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Welcome back here, Mark Miller Subaru postgame show. The Utah Jazz losing to the Los Angeles Lakers, 106 to 101. Hans Olsen, Tim Lacombe, taking you through the night. All right, coach, let's get to Master of the Glass. Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass experts, ready for another great year of basketball. Is proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to Rebound program. At the end of the regular season, SafeLight will donate $5 to United Way to Utah, each rebound secured by this year's team and their rebound leader. Before you get to that, let's head out to Donovan Mitchell. Our turnovers, our, our focus, you know, when we messed up, it didn't hurt. You know, we didn't we didn't feel it. You know, and I think that's that ultimately changed the game. You know, when they raised their level, like, you know, it's like, what are we going to do? And, you know, like, for instance, you know, I had a fast break to start the third, and it was me and Stanley Johnson. Instead of just attacking him, trying to throw it backwards, and I wouldn't have done the first quarter, first half. Um, talking slipped, just didn't hurt. And this is this is there's no way we should have lost this game, in my opinion. Like you know, that credit to them. I you know, give credit to where credit is due, but we let this game slip on, on many in many different circumstances, and it's just like you know, we we made so much progress, and to go back right before break, that's tough. And we got to come back, you know, and hopefully, you know, we all feel it. And I think we do, you know, but we got to come back with like a sense of urgency because we played like we were up 40 in the second half, and you know, that can't happen. But I guess change the way you approach the break. Like, I mean, if you guys win this game, like you said, you build up so much tonight. Right. You know, I think it's just a reminder that we're not where we, you know, we got to keep going, you know, and I think that's. In a way, this is a good reminder, but, you know, you don't want to keep over time. I'm tired of figuring this stuff out through losses, especially a game like this where we we were up. We were up, and it was a winnable game, and 
<sighs> yeah. Mm. Uh, we got good looks, you know, I, I'm not really too worried. The blitz, you know, that, that is what it is. I've, we've seen that. And, you know, we got such good shooters on this team. Um, you know, we, 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 that's a lot. That's a lot in my head right now. trying to, um, we just got to, you know, as a group, we got to find a way to, to win this game. That, that, that's plain and simple. You know, whether they change the coverages, they play small, they, you know, AD's out, AD's in. Like, we got to find a way to win this game. And, you know, we just didn't. James on Zoom. Donovan, can you go big picture and assess what you think of the team and where it stands here at the All-Star break? Um, like I said, we've done a lot of good things the past month, a week, two, three weeks, however long it's been. Um, you know, it's we 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 got some work to do, you know, as, as, as a group. But, you know, I think, you know, we can look back, especially the past month, but really when since we've been out, even though January was rough and say, OK, like we we, we can, you know, we can really do some things. Um, and, you know, a night like tonight is, is discouraging. But at the end of the day, it's not something that we're going to overreact to. You know, when I say discouraging, I don't mean like, you know, we're going to go back and look down. We have time off. We're going to get back, lock back in and, and get ready. We all know what we got to do. And, you know, we, we're ready to make this push come second half. Donovan, along those lines, Quinn just got through saying, you know, um, he feels like there's still been improvement made. Obviously, tonight's kind of a setback, but what are the things you feel like the team has, you know, uh, tonight aside, has really kind of stepped up and improved on of late? I think defensively, you know, we've locked in as a group. We've done a lot of good things. You know, we've our energy, our competitiveness. Um, you know, I can't say the last time we've really blown teams out. We've done it twice in the past month. Um, so that's, that's, you know, we do take, I should say blow teams out, taking care of business, you know, keeping our foot on the gas throughout. Um, obviously we didn't do that tonight, but, you know, we've done a lot of things defensively. I think has risen our level. Um, we're hitting shots too. That, that helps. Um, we have our team back. That also helps. But, you know, as a group, we've really, everybody's, I can say, you know, everybody's taking that step, you know, and we just got to take another step, you know, once, once the, uh, break is over and, um, we'll go from there, but, you know, like tonight sucks, but, you know, we got we 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 got a uh, I don't know however many more games left of the season. We got to go out there and use this as fuel and keep going. You said you know you have a group like that. Mm -hmm. Does that worry you? There's only twenty more games now. Um, can't uh, to be honest. You know, if I'm worried about that, then we're not worried about getting better. You know, I think for us, it's you know just all right. Take this loss and come back and all come back ready to go. You know, we have no choice. It's not like we can, you know, say anything else. We have no choice but to be ready. And I think we will be. I think we're, we're a group that, you know, knows what it has to do. Um, and we just got to go out there and do it. Uh, no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Take this break, get rest, get healthy, get our minds ready and ready for this push. Thank you. There you go, Donovan Mitchell in the postgame. Jazz losing to the Los Angeles Lakers, 106-101. And, Coach, you can really hear it in his voice right there. They wanted this game. He wanted it. They wanted it. it. This game meant something to them. They had their starting five on the court. They pushed hard. They had a 12-point lead with whatever, six, seven minutes left in this game. You can tell that they really wanted this game, and there was some disappointment there from, from Donovan. What did you take away from his comments? Well, I, you can hear the disappointment, and, and I totally believe that, you know, this is a game where you can't just point at one guy. I think it, it, it really did – you know, like to Quinn's point, when things got tight, everybody kind of 
you know, instead of really leaning on each other, they, you know, everybody tried to do it themselves and it ended up being, you know, absolute fodder for the Lakers to be able to come back because they forced things that weren't there. They took tough shots that put the Lakers out in transition and then the turnovers, you know, so um, it, it was definitely a game that you look back on and it'll drive you crazy forever. Uh, they can't do anything about it right now. You know, the only thing I would say is, you know, Donovan said, store it and use it as fuel. And, and I think that's what you got to, you know, at this point, that's what you got to do. Well, let's jump out and hear what Rudy Gobert has to say about this game. It was hard, but we made some mistakes, breakdowns defensively, and then offensively, we, yeah, we lost. Uh, Recording in progress. So we, we stopped moving the ball. We stopped doing what we do. Couple situations I want to talk about. Uh, one mentioned kind of on those possessions where you get switched out to LeBron. He'd rather see something else. What is it that you know you guys have to do? Uh, I mean, it's called once. You see, he'll step back three. Uh, you know, uh, he had just missed one, pretty badly, pretty very short. So I, you know, uh, kind of you know dared him to 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 hit that shot, and he he hit it. So. Just gotta give him credit, uh, you know. And then there were, there were a few situations when they were playing pick and roll with with me on on Tucker, and uh, and yeah, I thought you know I thought we we done a pretty good job on the situations overall. You know, what really hurt us was was uh, you know uh, scoring all the turnovers and and the, the, the cuts also. Uh, you know, there were two times we playing great defense and. Um, you know, we gave him some, some cuts and some dunks, some layups. And, you know, we, once again, we're going to watch film and see how it needs to be best. And I want to ask you too about the play at the end of the first half that you and Royce were having a conversation about. Do you remember that? Yeah. What, what was kind of the conversation? No, I just, you yeah, just a normal conversation. You know, uh, I told him that he could stay on Russ and then that I had the ball and we just had a miscommunication and we cleaned it up. So, yeah, nothing, nothing really. Right. Was it concerning that against teams that have the ability to go small that this stuff keeps happening? Don't get me started. Uh, once again, we, we see things we can better, but we know, I mean, uh, just start playing. Trumpet the game. And uh, there's a lot of things that, you know, I think I could have done a lot better tonight. Uh, probably don't, get, don't even get to that point when, uh, in a close game. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's, it's just following the, what one's supposed to do. Is there, is it worse or? Better that you guys have a breakdown. Uh, uh, I think for for me individually, it's great because I still not hundred percent, and it's hard for me to play uh, and you know have that on the back of my mind, and you know. And so I really wanted to be there for those last two games. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy that I get a, a week uh, to really get that uh, hopefully back to hundred percent. And yeah, I think you know. I think for our team, I think I think guys have been working really hard uh, for the last few few months, last few weeks. So I think we all need a uh, just a little break, clear our minds, and then refocus, and then come back ready for 
or a strong push for the second half of the season. Yeah, the question is, if you're not 100% too, are you still going to play in the All-Star game? Yeah, because I'm, I mean, I, I've been feeling better and better. So I still think, uh, you know, I'm like uh, the All-Star game is not a game when, you know, I play at 200%. It's a game where, you know, jumping is not a problem. It's more other other type of movement. So I'm confident that, you know, I'd be, I'd be great for that. But yeah, having a few days, uh, Ready to uh, get that get stronger and let that heal even more would be would be great. All right, thanks. Thank Coach, what did you think of some of Rudy's comments there? What stood out to you? Yeah, obviously, really frustrated, right? Uh, because these these things kind of happen. In fact, the the I thought the line of the of the questioning there was when he said that he was asked. I can't remember who asked the question. Um, but when sm- you play these small lineups, these things continue to happen. And Rudy's response was, don't even get me started. You know, so I think obviously really frustrated at, at how this has become a trend. You know, teams switch them. Um, they really rough Rudy up. Don't let, you know, not make catches easy for him down on the block. And it just really disrupts this offense. So I think it is a frustration for this t- for these guys. Did Rudy sound extra frustrated to you right there, yeah. or is that typical Rudy? No, no, no. He was more frustrated than I've heard him in a bit. Yeah, that's kind of how it came across, or kind of how it felt to me. That he was very short and choppy, and and sounded like he had more to say than he actually said. Let's jump back out and go to Royce O'Neal. Right now, obviously, we're not watching the film, but you look back on you like, yeah, I know I could have done that better. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had like probably two turnovers that. You know, maybe cost us the game. You know, uh, definitely should have probably shot the last shot that I had. I just I got to be more aware of myself. And, you know, just take what defense gave me and be aggressive in those situations too. And be smart. So learn from it. Keep going. What about defensively? Uh, I mean, I mean overall, just you know, trying to make guys uncomfortable. You know, give them different looks. Uh, be aggressive. Try to help those guys on the defensive rebound. I think collectively we did a great job. We could have did better, you know, certain situations, all of us. But I think just learn from it, and get this break, and be ready for the second half. Tough question. I'm wondering, but like, why didn't you take the three? I mean, I really didn't. I mean, I knew where I was, but I didn't know where I was. Uh, I mean, I tried to, you know, get in a situation where I was going to be open. Uh, but, you know, just being more aware, knowing where I'm at, and just taking a shot. What do you guys have to – what do you want to see improve the most on the other side of the break? Uh, I think, you know, you know, us guys being healthy, you know, is one. Uh, I think our communication, I think we got to be better. And, you know, uh, just more of a team, you know, effort, I think. We all got to help each other out. Can't rely on somebody, you know, whatever game plan is for that game. We just got to execute it, you know, from jump ball to the last very last second. So, I mean, I think it's everybody, you know, getting away, coming back, and focus on those little things, and just, you know, be ready. How do you guys get better when a game turns into a, to kind of a street fight like tonight, where you know it's not all it's not really about scheme. It's just about will. Uh, just being more aggressive, uh, you know, other teams pick up their intensity. We have to as well match that, uh, you know, we all need to take care of the ball, you know, get great shots and then on the defense and just compete hard. 
you know, and close possessions. I think, you know, once we close possessions and then just, it helps us on the offense end as well. Donovan mentioned that when you guys had the 14 point lead and it started to like disappear a little bit, he said it didn't hurt enough. Like yeah. you guys didn't feel it going away. There's been quite a few games where you guys had double digit leads this season where it slips away like that. What has to change? Like, how do you feel that hurt more? I think just all of us just staying locked in, uh, you know, not letting up. I think, you know, we kind of think a 10 point lead is supposed to turn to a 20, but, you know, for us to, make that to a 20-point lead, we got to execute and, you know, stay locked in. You know, I think for the past games, we've been doing a great job of competing all the way to the end. And I think, you know, just, we just had moments this game where we just let up, but we can't let that happen again. Mike, I have one weird question. What's that? Uh, you Royce O'Neill talking uh, about this game, Utah Jazz losing to Los Angeles Lakers, 106-101. So he was talking about the possession there in the corner, Coach, where he didn't pull the trigger, tried to pass it back out to Mike, I believe, and it was intercepted game, basically ended at that point. What were you able to take from his comments on why he didn't pull the trigger on the outside? I just feel like he, you know, I, I think it's a confidence thing, you know, because what he said, he, he didn't feel like he, he knew the situation and was aware of where he was. Um, you know, it was the end of a game, and, and, you know, he ended up, they were down three. He had an open look, and he's just got to be able to trust the fact that he's, you know, he makes these shots all the time, and late in the game, he's got to be able to shoot that. I mean, he, he passed up one in the playoffs last year, I think, that, you know, that still bugs him. And so I think it's just something he's got to get over. You're listening to Utah Jazz Post Game Show. We'll take a quick break. It is the Mark Miller Subaru Utah Jazz Post Game Show. We'll come back. <clears throat> we'll get you points in the paint. We'll talk a little bit about Chick-fil-A foul shot review and much more. That's all coming up in your Utah Jazz postgame show. Welcome back to your Utah Jazz postgame show. Hans Olsen, Tim Lacombe taking you through the evening. Uh, Utah Jazz losing this game 101-106 to the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, Coach, Chick-fil-A foul shot review. The Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A A1 app. So let's talk a little foul shot review. All right. Well, for the Jazz tonight, the Jazz were 16 for 19 from the line. They got there 19 times. Uh, Donovan Mitchell got there seven times. Bojan, excuse me, Donovan got there seven times. Yes, seven times. So he he was the he, he, he shot the most free throws for the Jazz tonight was six for seven um, on the night. The Lakers uh, really kind of started really attacked the rim. They got to the line 22 times, so a couple more times, and the Jazz made 14 of those 22. But LeBron James, uh, the Jazz did a nice job of not fouling the King. He, he just uh, he doesn't didn't really need that tonight, though. He made 14 field goals, uh, but the Jazz definitely doing a good job of getting to the line and making those shots pay. All right, let's also take a look at points in the paint. Points in the paint is brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 801-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com. That's CERTA with a C, CERTA Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Points in the paint. The points in the paint tonight, my dear man. Um, the Jazz uh, outscored by the Lakers 52 
to 46. So the Lakers get 52 points in the paint to the Jazz 46. I talked about how important the rim was to the Lakers. And unfortunately, you know, because of the, the breakdowns in transition defense, you know, really got some things going at the rim. Uh, LeBron really did a good job of getting his way there too. But ultimately, the Jazz lose the battle in the paint for 52-46. Utah Jazz losing the battle in the paint. Utah Jazz losing this game to the Los Angeles Lakers, 106-101. to You're listening to the Utah Jazz postgame show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. We'll come back. We'll give you the play of the game, and we'll wrap this thing up next. That's all coming up on your Utah Jazz postgame show on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Donovan crosses him over, pulls for a mid-range hopper, hits! He's Donovan Mitchell, and he's marvelous! He's got 35! There you go. That's the play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. For service, sales, and selection, LHMauto.com, driven by you. Uh, Coach, I love Tyson Ewing. He always sends in some fantastic tidbits. What did you get from him tonight? Yeah, Tyson obviously works with the the TV broadcast crew um, on the stats side. Does a great job. Uh, so thanks, Tyson, for sending these over. But I think this kind of tells a, a pretty interesting story. And I'll read them off and you kind of give me your thoughts. Okay. We'll reverse this. You be, you be the analyst I like on what it. I drop on you. All right. This marks the 10th time this season. The Jazz have blown a double-digit lead. Jeez. Tenth time. Uh, when the Jazz lost to the Lakers the last time, and Stanley Johnson took things over in the fourth, did they have a double-digit lead in that game? Yes. I, that's what I thought. Um, that's, that's really frustrating. Now, this time it was the best player in the world that took over the game and kind of took it from you. I can kind of deal with that. The, the frustrating losses are, are when it's not the best player in the world and it's some random dude that's in on a 10-day contract, which we saw earlier this year. So those types of things bug me. But when I watch LeBron James switch it into gear, you can tell it's going to be really difficult for anybody to get in the way. And he did play some beautiful basketball, some beautiful isolation, one-on-one, going to take it right up your chest and there's nothing you can do type basketball. So it, it frustrates me, but not when it's LeBron. But 10, that's it's a little bit concerning, but I think what it plays to is what we've talked about all year, the narrative that the Jazz, like tonight, they played pretty good basketball. I mean, actually, I thought they played great basketball for most of that game. And then that little five, six-minute loss of focus, you know, yeah. that, that's so frustrating. And, well, these, and, and every one of the guys, that the players that talked in the postgame, they mentioned it. Yep. They said we had to put it away. We've got to absolutely win that game. They they acknowledge it. They know they can't give up 12 points when there's seven minutes left in a game. So these are just, I, I think, these next couple that he sent, uh, Tyson Ewing sent us. Thank you, Tyson. Um, really speak to how this went down. The Jazz had just two stops in the final six minutes of the game. Whew. Two stops. That's tough. It's going to be hard, hard to win. Uh, in, or, in other words, the Lakers scored on 12 of their final 14 possessions. Ooh, that's pretty rough. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that we talk about LeBron James. I know Russell Westbrook has become a bit of a, a laughingstock. You know, he has really struggled. Uh, he's, he's found his rhythm a little bit. Like, from time to time, he finds his rhythm, and he, he can get going. 
And there in the fourth quarter, when he got the and one against Rudy Gobert, kind of ran up Rudy Gobert, got Rudy off his feet a touch and was able to drop a shot and then got himself to the line and, and threw the pistols out and rubbed it in Rudy's face a little bit and got things going. He can pick up the energy in a one-on-one setting, too. So well, he can, and they did. And they did. Yeah, they totally did. And and that that really hurt him. But um, that's, that, that's a struggle, though. You're going to finish the game and only get 12 stops in your last 14. You're going to have a hard time winning. And now, listen to this. Those, those are some tough guys to stop, though, Coach. No, they are. They are. If they're on. No, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. The, Utah closed the game going 3-for-12, including a stretch of missing 8-of-9 on the offensive side. So you're having all these struggles on the defensive side, and you can't get anything going offensively. So Boyan knocked down a 3. I can't remember what point it was in the fourth quarter, but it was a, a really big-time 3. But then Boyan missed a couple of shots late. Donovan Mitchell had like 32 points with like 10 minutes left or eight minutes left in the third quarter. He ended up with 37 points. So in the clutch minutes and in the back into the third quarter in that stretch, Donovan's offensive presence wasn't as felt. And, and I feel like, you know, and I think the guys alluded to this, um, the ball kind of stopped. You know, guys start to, stopped really kind of challenged. Donovan used the, com- the, the, the phrase, you know, play, we played like we were up 40. You know, and, and it's crazy, though. You know, a 12-point lead can go really quickly. You figure turnover, layup, you know, you're, you're at 10. Um, one more miss, you know, and they hit a three, it's seven. And that's exactly what happened. This, this game went from 12 to 7 to 5 to, yeah. you know, then the Jazz were kind of looking back up at the Lakers. Okay, this is the last one I'm going to drop right. on you. Rudy Gobert. We talked about this, was minus 27 and it's plus minus. You asked me the question, that's got to be the worst all year. Yeah. I said, yeah. So the answer is this. That is his worst plus minus in a loss in his entire career. He did have a minus 36 and a win over Milwaukee in 2019. Oh, wow. That's a weird anomaly. Yeah. It? So, uh, you know, it just speaks to, and even that play you brought up, I'd forgotten that, but when Westbrook drives it into Rudy, Rudy's always so good at standing, being the second to jump, and it really just took eyebrows raised by Westbrook. It just seemed to me Rudy wasn't, you know, he, he just wasn't all the way himself tonight. It didn't feel that way, did it? So, Is that the calf? Is that that wouldn't be a knows? re-injury? That you know, who knows? Who knows? But it, you know, I'm I'm hoping that it's it's not an emotional thing. I'm hoping that it's, you know, it's it's something to do with the calf or something to do with fatigue or something to do with the trip and. And hopefully, you know, I'll tell you what, Rudy was really quick to say, oh, all-star? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that kind of caught both of us off guard. You know, hey, the guys, they want to play in it. And to his point, I mean, he's not going to have to be down in a stance. You've seen that. Mm-hmm. They scored 200 points each. So it's more of a, a glorified, everybody shows up, we're going to have a dunk contest. Well, Coach, thanks for having me out tonight. Appreciate it. No, it was awesome. And thank you for, for putting up with me. We, we had some great conversation. You brought some great food. I appreciate your generosity. Well, it was a lot of fun. I do wish the Utah Jazz could have got a win in this one. They had a 12-point lead. They lost at the back end of things. Big thanks to Tyson Ewan on those stats. Big thanks to David Locke, Ron Boone, two of the best in the business. They make a game so much fun. 
Big thanks to Coach Lacombe, and a big thanks to everybody that makes this broadcast so much fun. Really, it is fun to come in and and do some jazz radio, and Jeff does a fantastic job behind the glass, making everything work with the different um, interviews and all the promos and everything that goes on. So well, then dealing with us, too. And dealing with us. So big thanks to Jeff. He does a fantastic job on these Utah Jazz pre-half and posts. We will see you back here after All-Star break. It's a bummer. I, You know, this is a long, what is it, nine days, Coach, before the Jazz are back on the court. Yes, and Quinn is going to go somewhere and sit in a dark room for a few days. Yeah, because— Those are hard, man. Those he, are hard ones. This is not the type of, of game that he wanted to go into this All-Star break with. But they'll get a good break, and we will get back to Utah Jazz basketball coming up in about nine days. We'll see you back here on the Utah Jazz Radio Network.